0: When Jesus stands up to read the scriptures in his hometown, you could hear a pin drop. Breath is held, eyes are focused and everyone is waiting to hear what he will say. I wonder if that's how we feel when we read the Bible. Excited, full of anticipation of what we might hear and learn. I hope so, but I'm not sure it always is. Today in our time together, I want to explore why reading the Bible together is important and maybe discover some of the reasons why we don't do it as much as we should. So with that in mind, let's listen closely with our ears, our hearts and our minds open as Alan reads for us today. Reading from Luke chapter 4, verses
1: 14 to 21. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, and the power of the Holy Spirit was with him. The news about him spread throughout all that territory. He taught in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath he went as usual to the synagogue. He stood up to read the scriptures and was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found a place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has chosen me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, set free the oppressed, and announce that the time has come, when the Lord will save his people. Jesus rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. All the people in the synagogue had their eyes fixed on him, as he said to them, This passage of scripture has come true today, as you heard it
0: being read. We find Jesus back home in Nazareth, doing something he's probably done loads of times before. He's reading in the synagogue. He takes the scroll of the great prophet Isaiah and and reads it to the people. As always, there's loads going on in the story, but I wanted to take a, a couple of minutes to talk about why reading the scripture out loud is important. There's a story in the book of Nehemiah, and I wanted to share it with you this morning because I think it will help us to understand. Ezra the priest has gathered the people together and reads the scriptures to them for hours and others help to explain what it means to the people. The people have returned from being in exile in Babylon. The temple and most of Jerusalem is in ruins. Some people have stayed behind and most of the people who were taken away to Babylon were the ones who would be useful to the Babylonians. People who could read and write like priests and scribes were high on that list. That meant that those left behind couldn't read the scriptures. They'd just been getting on with their daily lives. Learning and keeping the laws of Moses had just faded away over the years because nobody could read and explain the law to them. Over that time, the people had married people from other nations and they had children together. When their religious leaders returned, they were horrified. Ezra told them to divorce and to send these children away and you can imagine how awful that was for the people. Just days before this story, they'd completed rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. It was time to celebrate. But this project was about much more than rebuilding the city. It was about nation building. This whole thing was about reminding the people of who they were and what that meant. So they built a platform and read from the books of the law to the people. Some of the people could understand as it was read out, but others couldn't. So the reader started to explain what the law meant, and the people wept. They might have wept for joy to hear their own story told to them again, but they might also have wept in distress as they realised just how far they had strayed from it. They might have realised that there were more changes coming, just like the ones Ezra had forced them into. But why am I talking about this? I think we have a difficult relationship with the Bible Most of us don't read it regularly. Most of us don't actually pick it up and read it anymore at all. For many of us, our only encounter with the Bible is when we hear it read as part of our worship. And that tends to be just a small part of it, a few verses. Then, just like in the story of the scripture being read, someone explains it. And explains what it means because it's often a bit obscure or difficult or just plain weird. We understand the words, but perhaps we don't know enough about what's going on to make much sense of them. We rely on people like me to interpret it all for us, even though we know that interpretation isn't a particularly exact science, and that it's much better to work it all out together. That's why things like our Digging Deeper Bible study, or the time we spend at morning prayers talking about what we think the passage means each week, is so important. Sometimes the passage can be uplifting, sometimes it can bring us a sense of peace and calm, Other times, though, reading scripture can be unsettling and difficult, just as it was for the people gathered in Jerusalem in Nehemiah's time. It can be easy for us to separate ourselves from the story. We're not those people. We don't live there. We're not from that time, and so we treat it as a tale about someone else from long ago. If it's not about me, if I'm not included in this story, then I don't have to do anything with it. And perhaps that's particularly true of the bits that are hard to hear. This is the first thing that Luke tells us about Jesus' ministry. There's no wedding in Cana like John's Gospel. The first thing Jesus does is to stand up and read from Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Oh, That all sounds great. We can get behind that, can't we? We could get rid of the Romans and that would remove all our oppression. And who wouldn't want the blind to see or the poor to have some good news? And the year of the Lord's favour? Amazing! That's the idea of Jubilee, when all debts that are owed are written off and land that's been lent or leased goes back to its owner. It was put in place to stop people buying up all the land. The land was God's and the people were entitled to it equally. We'll see next week what happens when people hear this good news. But for now, let's think about what it means for us. What does it tell us about who Jesus is and what God is like? And not just the words, but the act of reading scripture too. It seems that God is some particular groups of people that need special attention. The poor, the oppressed, the captives, those living with disabilities. Why though? We hear so often talk about God's blessing in relation to success. We're really blessed because something went well or a family member is healthy or we got a raise at work or or whatever. But here's Jesus reeling off a list of people that none of us would choose to be and saying that he is first and foremost there for them. I think that raises two related issues. The first is that we're mostly not on that list. The second is that as the church, the the, the people who are on that list need to be our priority. And they're often not. If we do nothing to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim the release of the captives and recover sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, then we're not even close to following Jesus. The fact that this list even exists is a sign that things have gone badly wrong. Perhaps there are things that have led us to stop reading the Bible. Perhaps we don't see ourselves in the story or not sure what to do about those people who are in it. Perhaps the cost of change is just too high. In both stories I've talked about today, the scriptures are read together. They're read in community. The printing press changed our access to written material. But in those days parchment was expensive and it took ages of painstaking work to write out every single word. Just like in Jesus' time and in Nehemiah's, very few people could read. Later that meant that the church might have one Bible or even just part of it that the priest or minister would read to the people. Reading together in community is an important thing that creates a tradition where people expect to hear something important but also expect to be involved in a conversation about it. What does that mean? What does it tell us about God? What does that mean for us as a community and for me as an individual? Reading the Bible together makes God present to us and with us. When we stop reading, when we stop wondering and talking and learning, and when we never do that together, we are stepping away from our journey of discipleship. We drift not just from the priorities that Jesus sets out for us, but from Jesus Himself. Jesus didn't just read a list of people that needed help. He said, I am here to bring that help. This is my task and this is how you will know that God has sent me because God has already told you that these are his priorities. This shouldn't be a surprise. The fact that the list exists at all means that things have gone wrong. Our realisation might be that we should weep like the people in Nehemiah's time wept because this has happened on our watch. Our response could be that we have a part in making that right, both as individuals and as a community of the church. Our response could also be a commitment to continue to read scripture together and to learn from it and be challenged by it and inspired by it because it brings us closer to God and to the lives that God wants for all of us, where none are sick, or hungry, or poor, or excluded or held captive.
2: be of God.
1: Prayer for others and ourselves. Your kingdom, O God, is of justice and joy, where all may flourish and grow into their full potential. Your kingdom, O God, is of abundance and peace, where all may prosper and live without fear and shame. Your kingdom, O God, is of restoration and relationship, where all belong and everyone is welcome. We pray for all held captive by poverty and want, by the burden of debt, by the fear of failure. By illness of body, mind, or spirit, by prison doors. We pray for all those who are oppressed by totalitarian regimes, by corrupt governments, by systematic bullying in workplaces, homes, or schools. We pray for all yearning for your good news of liberation, of restoration, of connection and community. As your people, help us to work for the coming of your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven bringing light, bringing hope, bringing love, wherever we are in a small corner of your world. We ask in the words that you taught us, praying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen.
0: May the spirit of the Lord rest upon us all. May we go inspired by Jesus. May we serve his kingdom wherever we see need and doing all in the name of God for the sake of the gospel. We go with that blessing of God, the creator, source and spirit with us today and always. Hey Food bank is open for donations every Sunday from 1pm until 2.30pm at the front door of St Ninian's Church. If you need food this week, then please come down at the same time and collect some shopping. As we step out of the current COVID restrictions, I'm glad to say that St Ninian's is open again for worship on Sundays at 11am. Please join us whenever you can. These services will continue to be online and on the telephone and available as a podcast. See the website for more details. Over the next couple of weeks, our activities will restart, beginning with the craft night on Monday 24th of January at 7.30pm. That meets in the church hall. The Kirk session will meet on Monday the 7th of February at 7pm. We'll let you know as soon as possible if this will be on Zoom or in person. Our Digging Deeper Bible Study meets on Zoom on Thursday at 7.30pm. We'll be looking back at this story from this week to see what more we can discover about it. We meet for morning prayers at 9.30am every Tuesday and Thursday on Zoom and anyone is welcome to join us. For more information about all of these things, please pop over to our website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk. It has information in the events page about everything that's coming up.